Welcome to the Mountain Park Church Podcast. We're excited to share this week's message with you. Our mission is to allow God to work in and through us, and we'd love to hear your story of how God has been working in or through you. Email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in and through you. As I was standing here today worshiping, I just really felt like every song that we sang, there was this resounding theme of this assurance in our hearts that we are children of God. This just solid ground that we can stand on. I am a child of God. There's nothing I need to fear. There's nothing that he can't do for me. I'm his child. And I felt like as I came up here today, this isn't what I'm, what I'm speaking about today, but I just wanted to just echo that into your soul today. You are a child of God, the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wonderful God. And he loves you like his own child, like his little child. He treasures you. There's nothing you can do that can separate you from that kind of love. There's nothing that you've been through this week. There's nothing that you've walked in here with today that could ever separate you from the love of God. He loves you dearly. I just want to remind you of that today. We don't just sing these songs to fill up time or have something to do. This means something to us. And it's really the foundation of our relationship with him is that we can come to him and he adopts us into his family and we are his children. And he treasures us and he loves every one of us. And no matter what has happened in your life or in your week, it doesn't make a difference to God. He loves you. As much as the day that you were formed in your mother's womb, he loves you. He just loves you. Isn't that an awesome thought? that we can just come into his presence. And I know I've said this before, but we can actually have this boldness to run into his presence like like little children run into their parents' bedroom in a thunderstorm and jump into the bed, right? And get get right under the covers. They, They have no fear about just jumping in and making themselves comfortable. And that's how we can come into his throne room as children who are coming before their father. So, I don't know who needed to hear that today, but I think somebody did. How is everybody doing? Are you good? Is everyone good? My name is Brenda. I am one of the pastors here. We always like to introduce ourselves because we do have a pretty diverse team, and if you've come once or twice, you may not have met all of us. Our lead pastor, Andrew, is on vacation, as Pastor Herm had said, and so um, today I am here. I'm not going to say you're stuck with me because people get mad when I say that, but I'm here today <laughs> and Pastor Herm's going to be here next week and then I'm going to speak again in a couple weeks. We're going to give Andrew a few weeks off. So we are going to continue back in this series on the Holy Spirit and we've been talking about the Holy Spirit for a while and we, when, when Andrew and, and Alex and I sit down and sort of plan out where we're going to go next in what we're teaching, we're really not all that organized in what we're going to do. Like, we don't sit down and have like, okay, we're going to teach on the Holy Spirit, and so we have to hit this, 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 and this. It'll take four weeks, and then we're done. We just, we just each week go, okay, God, where do you want to go next? And we just continue as long as this topic doesn't feel old or stale, and then when we're done, we'll move on to the next topic. But I just felt we weren't done yet. And I had a couple more things that I wanted to say on this topic of the Holy Spirit. But I do want to echo what Andrew said a couple of weeks ago, in case you weren't here, 
we have been really, really careful about how we've approached this series. And for, for myself personally, I know I grew up um, in Pentecostal faith and in the charismatic sort of movements. And so I'm very comfortable with the topic of the Holy Spirit. But I understand that we come from all different backgrounds and all different places and all different churches. And not all of us are as comfortable with talking about the Holy Spirit. And even though I grew up in an environment that was, that was rich with the Holy Spirit and I was very comfortable with it and I feel like I knew the Holy Spirit and could hear his voice very easily even as a young girl, I recognized that some of the things that I learned over the years were men's theology, not really what was in the Bible. And as I became an adult, I had to sort of wrestle through the things that people had taught me or the things that I had learned in denominational theology that were not necessarily lining up with what I was reading in scripture. And some of the things that I learned as a little girl or some or the way I perceived them maybe I, were not my experience. So I would be taught one thing, but my experience would be something entirely different. So I thought there was something wrong with me because my experience wasn't lining up with what I was being taught about the Holy Spirit. And I totally recognize that there would be people in this place today who grew up in churches or in homes where they were told, you know, we don't even want to really talk about the Holy Spirit. We're not going to go there. That's not a part of, of what we need in our lives. And so we've come into this series feeling like, you know, I've been serving God my whole life and walking with the Holy Spirit, but I still don't fully understand the fullness of who the Holy Spirit is and what he, he does for us. I can honestly say I feel like I'm still learning. And some of you have sat under my teaching in, of the Holy Spirit in the past. And even when I taught three or four years ago, I know some of you in this room were there I would probably teach it a little bit differently today than I did then because I'm still learning. Is that all right? Is that okay? We're all on this journey together and we're all still learning. But the greatest thing that we need to know and remember and understand today is that when we are surrendered to God, he can do amazing things in our lives. And even though we have so much more to learn, he can still use us today. And I, so I wanna take a look at the church of the book of Acts because we've spent a lot of time in this series in the Old Testament and that's been great. I honestly never thought I could, you know, preach a whole sermon about the Holy Spirit from the Old Testament and I did and so I was like, yes, that was awesome. I learned something new a few weeks ago when I talked to you. But today I want to I want to really look at the, at the church of the book of Acts and I want to talk about this just for a minute because the early church, the church that Jesus commissioned the church that Jesus envisioned and started and, and just sort of launched them out looked a lot different than the church that we're in today. And what I'm afraid of is that our neglect of the Holy Spirit and the teaching of the Holy Spirit and our misunderstanding and teaching it wrong has led us down a few different paths in churches today. And so we have you know, people or even churches or, or, or denominations who don't talk about the Holy Spirit at all. And so we have people who are trying to live a life that Jesus has called them to and trying to live up to a standard that Jesus has called them to, but they have no power within them to be able to live that life. Who wants to go to a church like that? 
It's like going to a gym and you go in, in, in the front door and you're like, I, I want to get fit, so I'm going to go check out this gym. And you walk in and you walk past a few of the classes and all of the instructors are really fat and flabby. And, and they're like, just sec, we're going to take a break and go to McDonald's. And you're like, I'm not really sure this adds up. I'm not really sure this is, this is what I want, right? This isn't what I'm looking for. But unfortunately, we laugh at that. But unfortunately, we are asking people to come to churches where people are not living with the power to walk in what they preach. It's the same thing. It's hypocrisy. And unfortunately, when we don't talk about the Holy Spirit and we don't talk about what he does in our lives or how he's able to empower us or help us, it totally leads down that road of hypocrisy because we will never be able to live up to what Jesus has asked us to do or how Jesus has asked us to live without the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. You can't do it. You'll never be able to do it. And you'll try your whole life in your own effort and your own just trying, oh, I'm going to try to be a good person. But you won't be able to do it. That's why Jesus sent us a helper. That's why he sent us the Holy Spirit, because we need it so desperately to live the life that he has called us to. We'll never be the people we're meant to be and destined to be and designed to be without the Holy Spirit at work in us. And we will never, ever be the church that God has called us to be without the Holy Spirit at work in our midst here. And it's so sad to me that the spirit that is meant to unify us and bring us together has been something that has divided us and pulled us apart because we don't teach it like you do, or you know, we don't understand it like you do. And we've even gone so far as to, as to sort of elevate the gifts of the Spirit to a place where we would say, if someone is operating in the gifts, if they speak in tongues and, and, and there's healing and things like that operating in their life, they must be at the pinnacle of spiritual development. And we have elevated the gifts to this place, but we have completely forgotten to talk about the fruit. And therefore, it's led to people who will operate in the gifts, and that's sensational, and it's attractive to people, and so they come in. But then when you get up close, you realize that people are not living what they preach. And that's so sad to me, and we've all seen it. We've all seen churches and leadership that have fallen because they're not able to live what they are called to live. And now you guys know me. If you've been around here for any, any amount of time, you know that I love the gifts and I'm not knocking that and I'm not speaking against that. And in a couple of weeks, I'm actually going to speak to you about speaking in tongues and the gifts of the Holy Spirit because I do speak in tongues and I do operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and I believe every believer needs that. But first, we need to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. First, we need to get our character and our integrity right. First, we need to talk about faithfulness and self-discipline. First, we need to talk about walking in love and kindness and gentleness. Because if we don't get this right, we're on a very, very dangerous path. And the church that I grew up in, you know, I've talked about this before. My dad was a pastor, and, and I feel like I grew up in a, in a good church, and I learned a lot of good things. But my understanding when I was growing up was that if you did not speak in tongues, you didn't have the Holy Spirit at work in your life. And so I wanted that so badly because it was the evidence that the Holy Spirit was at work in my life. But deep down, I knew the Holy Spirit was already at work in my life. 
So it didn't measure up to me. And when I was a young teenager, I did begin to, to operate in a prayer language and speak in tongues in my private time alone with God. I, I received that and it was awesome. And speaking in tongues is a great benefit to the believer, but it was never the evidence of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life that Jesus was looking for. Jesus never said that it would be. But over and over and over again, throughout the Gospels and throughout the New Testament teachings, the work of the Holy Spirit active in your life will be evidenced by what? The fruit. That's why Jesus cursed the fig tree, right? Because it looked like it should have fruit. It had leaves on it. It appeared like there should be fruit there, but when he got up close, there was nothing there. Now, we're going we're gonna to look at a little piece of scripture that often in church, we, we, we don't want to look at these scriptures. We just want to sneak past them and get to the good stuff, right? We want to say, yay, God's good and he loves us and all that. We don't want to read the hard ones. But today we're going to read one of the hard ones. Is that all right? Is that okay if we go here together? Because we're in a place where we, we love each other, right? And we can talk about these things. And I don't want to go on, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go on believing things that someone has taught me in the past unless I go into the word of God and I find out for myself if it's true and it's everlasting and it's what Jesus wants for my life. Then I want it. I don't want to rely on what I've learned in the past. I don't want to even rely on what God showed me yesterday. I need something fresh and new in my life today. And so we're going to look at this scripture. We're going to go to Matthew 7. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. You know, the, the Holy Spirit's number one primary role in our lives is victory over sin and the power to live up to the standard that Jesus set for us. That is the number one work that we need the Holy Spirit to be doing. Yes, we want healing. Yes, we want all of the other stuff that the Holy Spirit brings. But first and foremost, we need to have him active in our lives. And I'm afraid that sometimes we've tried to live a godly life in our own power and we have failed. And as a church, we are powerless and ineffective because we can't live what we preach. And so in this scripture, in Matthew 7, if you've, if you've got that open and you've turned there, I just want to read what Jesus said about this. So he's in the middle of teaching here. I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to read it. Watch out for false prophets, he said. They will come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? No. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus... By their fruit, you will recognize them. 
He goes on to say, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles? He's talking about the workings of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But I will plainly, I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Wow, that is, that, those are some pretty harsh words. These are the kind of verses I don't like to read. I don't know about you, but I don't like to read them. And I've read that over in my life, and I thought, who are those people? Could I possibly be one of them? I've even thought that at certain times. I've, I've been like, you know, I want to operate in these gifts. I want to prophesy. I want to cast out demons. I want to see healings. I want all of this in my life. But I never want to get to the end and say, Lord, I, Lord, Lord. And he says, I, I don't know you. I don't know you. And this has baffled me, and I, I just want to sit on this just for a minute because I think we have all been affected by ministries that have gone wrong and then stopped and said, God, like, I don't understand. I don't understand. And what bothered me the most, I think, when I saw this in my life was, God, why would you continue to allow that person to be in a pulpit, to be in front of people and in leadership when they weren't living right? Why wasn't it ex- exposed? Why didn't it just come out? And this is what I felt that, that God said to me personally, was that there, he loves his children. And because there's people sitting there who need things from him, he would allow that to flow. That's why the miracles will still flow out of someone whose life isn't right, because your faith calls it out. Your faith connects with God and calls forth those miracles into your life. And over and over in my life, I've seen people who have walked in this ministry of miracles and they've been called into our churches and it's like, oh, miracle man is coming to town. And it's always actually really bothered me because I believe as Christians, as followers of Christ, each and every one of us is called to operate in the gifts in our everyday life. We don't need a healing ministry to come into town so that people can be healed. You can walk into a coffee shop and say, hi, can I pray for you? And someone can be healed. We, as the church, are meant to edify each other and build each other up and use these gifts to bring unity, but yet they have been used over and over and over to divide. And I think we need to get this right. And when we learn to walk in the fruit of the Spirit and build character and integrity in our lives, I think we will see an outpouring of the gifts of the Spirit like we've never seen before. God isn't looking for people who are more talented He's looking for people who are more trustworthy. We don't need anything special. I'm nobody special. I don't want my my life to be marked by the fact that, you know, she was a good preacher and she was gifted in that area. No, I would rather people say she was nothing but God. She didn't really have a whole lot but God. But God. I want my life to be marked by the work of the Holy Spirit in me. That people would look at the things that I'm able to do and go, she could not have done that on her own. There's got to be a greater power at work there. 
There's got to be something going on in her life behind the scenes. And then, what is it about fruit in our lives? It's attractional. It looks good. We live on a farm, and the cherries have been in season right now, and they are plump and juicy. They look good. You want to go right in and pick some of those off the tree, don't you? That's what fruit looks like to other people in our lives. They go, I want that. That looks good. That is solid. I want that. And so we need to be sure that we have the fruit working in our lives. So let's read what the fruit actually is. Galatians 5 is where we find the list of the fruit of the Spirit. And in, in this portion of Scripture, it's saying you, you, um, if you live by the desires of your flesh and your sinful nature, there is a whole list of things that are going to be the evidence of that. But then he says, if you're living under the influence of the Holy Spirit, this is what the Spirit produces in your life. We're going to start in verse 22, Galatians 5. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Not corruption and sinful desire and all the stuff we just read about. No, it, it produces this kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these, there's no law. We can live in these. And those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross, and they crucified them there. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. People, I want you to memorize this. My kids sang a song. They said I wasn't allowed to sing it today. But if you really wanted me to, I would. <laughs> no, I'm not, I, no, no, no. But it, I, can't, I can't sing, but it kind, you might know it. It kind of goes like this, like the fruit of the Spirit's not a grape. The fruit of the Spirit's not a grape. If you want to be a grape, you might as well hear it. You can't be a fruit of the Spirit. Does anyone know the song? Because the fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. No. So... You can say, I know, we should actually learn to, to sing this song because it actually, now I can say them without looking at the scripture. And I need to remind myself every day that I need to be walking in love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. Those are the things that I need as the evidence that the fruit, uh, that, the evidence that the spirit is working in my life then I'm going to be able to love people that are really, really hard to love. Then I'm going to be able to express God's joy and peace through my life at times when I shouldn't be able to. And it's going to become evident to the people around me that the Spirit of God has been at work. The early church in the book of Acts, after... A short period of time, just a few decades, the Bible says that those people, that, that early nucleus of, of the church, turned the world upside down. But in our churches today, I feel like we are ineffective and powerless. 
we have been crippled by the fact that we are not utterly and fully dependent on the Holy Spirit every single day in our lives. And that's something that here at Mountain Park, we have just decided that as a, as a leadership team, as a staff, when we meet together, the first thing we do is, is we pray. And sometimes we pray for so long, we don't even have a meeting because we just prayed. Because we know that we can't lead you and we can't go where God is calling us to go if we don't get this right. If we don't surrender ourselves fully to what God wants to do in our lives. I believe God has great things in store for us. I believe great things are coming to the church, not just this church, the church as a whole. But first we gotta get this right. First we gotta get our lives in order and then God can, can continue to pour through us and use us in greater and greater ways. I don't know about you, but I long for days in our church when we would look like the book of Acts. I long for days when people would be getting saved by the masses. I long for days when we would just walk down the aisles and people would be healed. I long for this kind of stuff. But more than anything, I long that this spirit of God would be working out this fruit in my life personally. So that when the day comes that God pours out himself in that way, we are solid enough to handle it. And we are solid enough to walk under the weight of his glory. God, we need you so desperately, so desperately in our lives. So as I said earlier, and I'm, I'm winding down, I'm about to close. Someone can come up on the keys just for a moment. As I said earlier, the number one thing that the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives is teaching us to live free from sin and our own nature. And sometimes our own nature can, can flare up. We have these episodes, right, <laughs> where our old nature comes out and it wants to reveal ourself, itself. Often when we're under pressure and that anger that used to be a problem for us, oh, it rises up so quickly to the surface and if we open our mouth, it could just come flying out. And in those moments, we need the Holy Spirit to go, uh-uh-uh, just a second. Gentleness, gentleness. And when gossip wants to come flying out of our mouth, we're in a situation with our girlfriends and we used to gossip and, you know, they're, they're all talking and all of a sudden it rises up and we need the spirit to go, no, 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 no. Love, love. We need to be so careful with this. We need to be so careful. We'll never be who God has called us to be without the Holy Spirit at work in our life in this way, conquering sin and the desires of our own nature. We can't allow those things to rise up, but here's the thing. So many of us have been trying to conquer it on our own. So many of us has been, have been saying, you know, I know I can't be an angry person anymore, so I'm gonna take these steps to make myself better. And we work at it and we try, but when we get under pressure, bam, it just comes right out again because there's no power there with it. And we are gonna be in situations our entire lives where our sinful nature is gonna to wanna to flare up and raise its head. And each one of us has something 
We all have stuff that we deal with, the old person that we used to be. But can I tell you today, you do not have to struggle with those things for your whole life. You can have victory over them by the power of the Spirit at work in your life. Romans 8, go home and read Romans 8. I don't have time anymore to read the whole thing to you. I would love to. I read it last night. I read it again this morning. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because the power of the Spirit has set us free. And it is only by the power of the Spirit that we can live free. That same Spirit that reached into a dark, cold, empty tomb and breathed life into our Savior and brought him back from the dead lives inside of you and empowers your life so that you can live free. You don't have to live under the weight of that sin. You don't have to live struggling with it. You can be free. He's provided a way for you to be free. The resurrection power that lives inside of us is breathing new life on new fresh things in our lives. It's taking what, what was old and dead and bringing it back to life. The things that God has purposed for you, the way he wants you to live. That's what the spirit is resurrecting in your life. The things that God wants to be there. Oh, we need that power. I just feel like there's people here in the room this morning and you're recognizing that, that maybe you've been struggling with some, something in your life and you just need to surrender it to the Holy Spirit. You know what I found a lot of times in my life is that surrender comes at the, at the end of a very long rope. When we've been holding on and trying to do things in our own power and trying to work it out ourselves and we get to the end of this really long rope and we have to just let go and say, God, I surrender it all to you. I know I can't change on my own. I know I can't do it on my own. I know I can't love people the way you have called me to love them on my own. I know I can't stay away from the things I need to stay away from on my own. But you know what I start to hear from people who are filled with the Spirit and walking with the Spirit in their lives? I start to hear things like this. I went to work and, and normally the guys tell bad jokes on our break, but you know what? Now it makes me really uncomfortable. I don't even understand why. Because the Spirit's at work in your life. And I used to, you know, I used to get really angry and now when that comes out of my mouth, I feel sick about it. Why? Because the Spirit's at work in your life. And people who don't even realize that the Spirit is working there, convicting and, and bringing His grace and bringing His love and filling them and teaching them to live a brand new way. But we need to be fully surrendered to what God wants to do in our lives. We can't hold on. When we try to do it on our own, we're living the Old Testament. You realize that? We're living the law. We're just trying to measure up to a standard we'll never measure up to. And when Jesus came, he actually bumped that standard even higher. He said, if you even think about it, you've committed it. Oh, we need his power so desperately. So I just want to ask today, if you are going through something and maybe you've been trying to work on your own steam and figure it out in your own mind and, and, and do it in your own power, maybe you just need to surrender it to the Holy Spirit's work today and ask him 
to work in your life. Ask him for his wisdom in your situation. Ask him for knowledge of what to do next. Ask him to guide and lead your next steps. Ask him to help you to crucify that old nature. I know I need it. And so if that's you, I'm just going to encourage you. I'm just going to pray and we're going to be done today. But I encourage you to just slip your hand up toward heaven. Just close your eyes. It's nobody else's business but your own. But just slip your hands up to Jesus if you want to pray this prayer with me today. And we are going to surrender everything that we have been holding on to and everything that we have been carrying to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So God, you see every hand that is raised today. You see every heart that has tried so hard to follow your will and so hard to follow your ways, but we're realizing we can't do it on our own. And so God, today we actually surrender it to you. We lift our hands as an action saying, God, we surrender it all. I give it to you. I know I can't do this on my own and I need you so desperately, so desperately. And we believe that as we surrender it to you today, that you will speak to us, that you will give us the next step forward, that you will give us victory in this situation in our lives, and that you will lead us into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing until you have perfectly formed the character of Christ within us. So God, we surrender to the work you want to do and we give it to you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope that you are challenged and inspired by what you heard today and that you're willing to allow God to work in and through your life in bigger ways this week. We'd love to stay connected with you on social media, facebook.com slash mountainparkchurch and instagram.com slash mountainparkchurch. Finally, if you have a story of how God has been working in and through you, we'd love to hear it. Just email us at mystory@mp.church and tell us how God has been working in your life lately.